that that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, who, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from the fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and he will commend you. For he is God's servant to do you good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword for nothing. He is God's servant, an ancient wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not just because of possible punishment, but also of concert. That is, this is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honour, then honour. Thank you, Carpenter Girl. Evening, everyone. Oh, that was miserable. <clears throat> Good day, everyone. Excuse me while I dress or try to dress. It'll be good for us, I think. Well, before we do that, Abby Bishop, Mrs. Abigail Bishop is with us tonight. <clears throat> yeah, give her a nice clap. Thank you. I was going to, I just thought to ask you to do that and you did it. Rhonda must be channeling or something. Thank you. Um, you know. Just calm down. Yeah. Just slow down. Breathe. Breathe. What are you doing here? Um, I'm up for Ride for Refugees, um, which is run by international teams. So that's who I am working for. Working for, yes. Um, and when so, did yeah, you come up? I came up Wednesday morning. So, when yeah. do you go back? Uh, tomorrow evening. Rod's at home with the kids? Yes, he is. Doing an awesome job. Kids Made will be glad to see kids. you. No, they're having fun. They're having fun. Uh, is he cooking for them? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You didn't leave cooked meals in the no, freezer? No, no, no. Really? Can no. he cook? He can, well, yes. To a degree. <laughs> wow. No. Oh, I didn't hear anything from the kids. They were all happy. So, yeah. so Rod and the kids yeah. are, are good. You guys are, yeah. are going well. Yeah, we are. And yeah. how is ministry? Ministry is awesome. So, yeah, again, we're just seeing God provide, um, lead. So, yeah. So, I mean... I went up to Toowoomba because we've had another venue to ride for refugees this year and I was a bit uncertain. My boss said do it and I'm like, okay. And so, but yeah, he'd already gone before us. We met, you know, an awesome church with links to international teams and they're on board and spoke to the whole pastors fraternal up there. So, you know, okay. 30 people from 30 churches. So, you know, they so all... So they went really well? Yeah. When yeah. does that happen? When do they so, do the ride? So Toowoomba will be the 3rd of September. Okay. Just before Brisbane ride, which is I was just going to say, and we do a ride in... On the 10th of September. So it's Sydney, then Toowoomba, then Brisbane. Okay. So, yeah. Now we have a team in Sunnybank who are mm -hmm. looking after that. Who's yep. part well, of that Well, they're part of it. So, yep. yeah, yep. there's a steering committee from all different churches. So we've got Liana who's helping out again. <laughs> um, and Katie Sipple is helping out as well. Daniel Kivers is... He doesn't want the official hat, so he's just sort of unofficially helping promote stuff. Do you he have an unofficial hat? Yes, he wanted oh. an unofficial hat, okay. so he, he didn't want an official hat. But he's, he's okay. got lots of networks, so he's yeah, helping yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all yeah. of that's good. Yeah. How can we pray for you? Um, pray for um, 
as Scott was praying, that we will, as a family, keep our eyes fixed on him yep. in everything, no matter what happens. So, yeah, and that we will rely on him and, yeah, that we'll keep trusting him. Okay. Hmm. Uh, I asked you this the other day, so you probably say the same thing, but you can say something <laughs> okay. different if you like. All right. What's the, the area of biggest struggle, biggest concern, biggest hmm. burdens at the moment? At the moment? Yeah, for you. For me, in ministry or personally... Or both? Well, just between you and me, personally. Okay, so... (laughs) They're all listening. No, No, they're not. They don't Um, listen. No, I guess, and I shared with you, uh, it's, it's, you know, we do this ministry, we talk to lots of churches, but for me in my own walk, it's that challenge of sharing the truth to my non-Christian friends. I, yes, I'm worried that I will, you know ruin the relationship or whatever and so I really have to pray about that. that ruin the relationship by having a gospel will, conversation? Yes, that they oh. might reject that and you know it'll affect the relationship. So okay. yeah, but I just need to trust God and ask okay. that he will change their hearts. Because you've got a couple of non-Christian friends, yes. don't you, through yes. play group? Through play group, yeah. yeah you've and got a very close relationship with yeah, them. And yeah, I've been praying for them for about six years. So yeah, yeah they're on my heart and yeah. 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 Just finding it hard to get to the point of mm. having that conversation. Yes, and that's right. So that's the thing to pray yeah. for. Okay, we shall do that, and we'll do a couple of other things too. Don't, oh, stay, stand still. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for Rod, for Abby, for the kids. Thank you for the ministry. Thank you for the wonderful response at Toowoomba about the ride for refugees. Thank you for these guys in our church who are involved in the committee and helping that. Lord, through these activities, we pray that you would raise funds, that you would achieve your purposes that people might not only be assisted, but that they might come into a saving relationship with Jesus. So, Lord, to that end, we pray that you'll help Rod and Abby to keep their eyes on you, to trust you in all situations. And for Abby, Lord, uh, give her the courage and the timing and the patience to know when to speak and when to be silent. Help her to continue to love her unbelieving friends and lift this any sense of guilt or burden that she's carrying and simply use her, Lord, as your servant in that relationship to honour and to share Jesus. Thank you for her and for Rod. Commit them to you now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, bless you. Shove off. Did you hear that? Um, It would also be good for us before we do anything else to turn the microphone off is for Coral and Graham who are still with us, uh, for us to pray for them and for Judy and for Bronwyn, who were before you're heading out. So what's going to be the best way for us to do that? What about if um, you guys stay seated there? And what about if we stand as a congregation? And what about you guys who are around them, if you sort of uh, lean on them? Yeah, heavily. Place your hands upon them. Anybody else wants to go join that group, they can. And David, if you would like to lead us in prayer as you pray for Coral and the team who goes and for Graham to behave himself while Coral is away. I'm all worried about the women. I've got one more lady to go and I've got a third one. Hurry up and pray for him, will you? Father, we pray that you will take away that worry from Graham. <laughs> Thank you.
Amen. Thank you. Bless you guys and everybody else can be seated. We find ourselves tonight in uh, continuing our series on Romans. Um, And as we read, we read from Romans 13, just the first seven verses. And we'll look at the rest of the chapter next week, God willing. And the passage is reasonably straightforward. Let everyone be subject or submit to the governing authorities. It's a command. And for there is no other authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. So command one, submit to governments. And in fact, broader than that, submit to governments, but to submit to those who have authority over you. Who has authority over you? Well, we live in the creator's world and the ultimate authority is, of course, God. And we live under him and we are to submit to him. He is, and our submission to him is absolute. We are to obey him in everything without exception. And he, the creator, through this passage, is informing us that he is at work in our world. And one of the ways he works is through various institutions that he has ordained and put in place. One of them is government over nations. God is the one who has created nations, Acts chapter 17, and he raises them up. He gives them their boundaries. He gives them the amount of time that they'll exist for. And he is the one who evaluates them. He is the one who not only raises up kings, he is the one who deposes kings. He puts in and he removes. Which means by application, even the thing that the Liberal Party, Liberal National Party has been through uh, last year of... Uh, removing the Prime Minister, the previous Prime Minister, Tony Abbott, and placing in place Malcolm Turnbull is God at work. God working through people. Whether that's in accordance with his will or it's against his will, it's God either doing it or God allowing it, but it's God at work in the world. And this passage, without condition and absolutely, says that we are to submit to our governing authorities. In our country, is relatively easy, I think, except for our sinful human natures, which always wants to rebel against authority. But our brothers and sisters are in other countries and in other cultures and other communities where they can struggle with this very simple command, where their government can be quite corrupt or quite abusive or quite anti-Jesus, anti-the Bible, where you can be forbidden to gather together to worship in a church. And for them, it's difficult to... uh, live out their application to this scripture and so we need to continue to pray for them but this is the apostle paul writing to christians in rome 
who had probably been through some sort of difficulty, a previous emperor, Claudius, in Acts chapter 18, had kicked out all of the Jews and probably along with them, the Christians, from Rome, banished them from the city. They have now started to return. The emperor, when Paul writes this letter to the Romans, is probably Nero, and Nero was a bad guy. While he did some helpful things and some good things, he was also a very selfish and corrupt leader. And Paul writes, even to him, even to this corrupt leader, let everyone, without exception, be subject to the governing authorities, for that's what God wants. And then he goes on to give various reasons for it. And verse 6, we have the second instruction from this passage, which is really, pay your taxes. Submit to the government, pay your taxes. It's pretty clear, isn't it? Not a lot of stuff to talk about or to discuss. That's the way it goes. And then flowing out of that verse 7, there is probably a third one, which is be respectful. Submit to the government, pay your taxes, be respectful. Give honour to whom honour is due, give respect to whom respect is due, and so on. The context, of course, in the letter is the Apostle Paul has taught us how to become followers of Jesus, first 11 chapters of Romans. Chapter 12, he then turns to focus upon probably one of the main reasons why he wrote the letter, which is the outworking of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. He writes that we are to be transformed, back in chapter 12, verse 2. And what does that transformation look like? Well, because God's been at work and because we have responded to God at work in the world, we've repented, we've believed, we've accepted Jesus, that acceptance of Jesus gives us not only eternal life and forgiveness, it also places a power within us which starts to transform us from the inside out. Chapter 12 goes on to detail some of those areas of our life which are being transformed, both our relationship with God, our attitudes and relationships with people, and the chapter concludes by talking about trusting God. That when somebody uh, does something to hurt you or harm you, verse 17, he says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And he goes on, don't take revenge, trust God. Even when difficult things are happening to you, trust God. He is the God who is at work. He is the one who is sovereign. He is the one where to submit to. And so Paul writes that following Jesus is a whole-of-life experience. Christianity is not something we add on to our life. It's not something we simply do on one day of the week or one night of the week. It's not a segment of our life. It's more the centre, the core of our being, and everything else that radiates out, every aspect of our life, is impacted by the reality of Jesus in us. It's not instantaneous. It's a process that God is at work changing us. And in some areas, he may change us more quickly than in other areas. We are all on this journey. We're all on this process of being transformed, changed, um, becoming mature followers of the Lord Jesus. And so when we come to this passage, the Apostle Paul says, transform followers of Jesus, submit to those in authority over them, they submit to the government, they pay their taxes, and they are respectful. Apostle Paul is writing to Christians in Rome and telling them, don't become loud objections, objectioners to the, um, to the government. Pay your taxes. Apparently some Christians in Rome weren't paying their taxes. They're objecting for whatever reasons to doing so. And Paul is saying, pay your taxes and go under the radar. Don't draw attention to yourself. 
because ultimately the reason that we are here is to be propagators of the gospel just like Abby was sharing that's why we're here we are in the world but we are not of the world we are citizens of another world but having said that and our allegiance is to to the Lord and our loyalty is to him that's primary and ultimate but we're also still in the world and while we're in the world there are certain duties or responsibilities that we have in this passage outlines for us what some of those are all governments have been appointed by God all governments have been appointed by God after the fall after our fallen sin therefore all governments are fallen and flawed there is no one divine form of government God seems to allow all different sorts of manifestations and ultimately of course with Jesus reigning on the earth he will be the king of kings he'll be the absolute ruler in righteousness and fairness and there are people that are like that now they think they're absolute they're dictators and they seek to have their own way and so the rules are God's will for us is submit not take up arms against them not incite people to revolt against them submit in a sense accept that this is what God has ordained and to live obedient lives in the midst even of great difficulties or great oppression all governments are run by sinful man and so we need to take seriously this command from the Apostle Paul the Holy Spirit uh, that we are to submit to governments now let me just work through this passage pretty quickly um, who has to submit verse 1 everybody no exception what does submit mean it means to obey it means to comply that means to accept the rules that are over you and you fall in line with them does it mean that I can't can't disagree with a government uh, no you can disagree but at the end of the day you have to obey and even when you disagree you are to disagree respectfully respect to whom respect is due honor to whom honor is due are there any exceptions well not to the ultimate authority which is God there are no exceptions but in submitting to God he says to me that I am to submit to the government I am submit to those who are in authority over me I'm to submit to not just the national government the state government but also the local government I'm to submit to other civil authorities around me I'm to submit to the police and so on if you're at school you submit to your teachers if you're an employee employed then you submit to your employer you are to submit if you're married wives are to submit to husbands if you're a child in a family you're to submit to parents if you're part of a church you're to submit to the spiritual leaders these are the institutions that God has put in place and he requires of us an attitude of submission ultimately to God no exceptions but as I submit to God I may find that I have to disobey sometimes one of those delegated authorities what are those exceptions will only when not when I don't like it not when I don't agree with it that doesn't cut it the only time that I am free to, dis to disobey to not submit to those who are on authority over me is when they are contravening the commands and the direction of the ultimate authority God 
Are there any biblical examples of people who were disobedient to those who are in authority over them, but that they did it submissively? They didn't do it defiantly. They weren't defying the, uh, those in authority over them, the government or whatever, um, but rather they were demonstrating that they were submitting to God, the higher authority. Yeah, there are plenty of biblical examples. If we had time, it would be great to just do a dialogue on that. Exodus chapter 1. Remember the two Hebrew midwives? The king gave the authority that they had to kill every baby that was born, every baby boy that was born, throw him in the Nile River. And the midwives disobeyed the authority of the king, the pharaoh, because the passage says they feared God. The king was asking him to do something which was contrary to God's rules, God's commands, God's word. Daniel chapter 1, Daniel doesn't eat the food that's offered. Daniel chapter 3, the three um, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they don't obey the king's order to bow down and worship this golden image. And they are happy to bear the consequences. We cannot disobey God, but we are not defined of you, O king. You know, O king, live forever. They're respectful. But we are happy to take the consequences. If you're going to throw us into the fire, well then throw us into the fire. But you need to know that we will obey God. We cannot submit to this command that you were giving. Or Acts chapter 4 and chapter 5, Peter and John, the apostles are commanded not to preach the gospel. And they go on preaching it in defiance of those in authority over them. And actually when they get caught, they get re-arrested. Chapter 5, they get asked the question, didn't we tell you, didn't we command you to stop preaching? Chapter 5 verse 29, Peter says, you tell us, is it right to obey God or to obey you? The answer is obvious, we go on to obey God. So there are times when we can not submit to those in authority over us, but the only exception, the only time we can do that is that we have a command from God which is being contravened. All other instances, we are to be in submission. Is democracy and freedom something that we are so used to, necessary for Christianity to flourish? And the answer is no. Christianity flourishes in nations that are not democratic and where they do not have religious freedoms, let alone other freedoms of speech or other freedoms. God is the sovereign God who appoints that, who allows that, and he's working his purposes out. Sometimes he'll put a government in place to bless a nation. Sometimes he'll put a government in place to judge the nation. He's working his purposes out. And we are to bow the knee before the sovereign one. Should we actively seek to overthrow the government? No. There are certainly instances where the church has done that. Bonhoeffer with Hitler, who tried to assassinate Hitler. And while that's understandable, it's disobedient. It's the wrong move. And he ended up getting um, hung for it. Um, should we just accept our lot and do nothing? Yes and no. Yes, we should accept our lot. This is where the sovereign God has placed us. We live in this nation under these governments. Uh, but no, there's not nothing we can do about it. We can pray and we can speak up. We can oppose, um, but we oppose respectfully. We can't incite revolution, revolution. We can't take up arms against the government, but we can certainly speak up. John the Baptist spoke up against Herod, told him that he was disobeying God's commands. He got his head cut off because of it. You take the consequences, but he was opposing the government. And it's what the prophets did in the Old Testament. It's what... Uh, Jesus did, it's what the apostles did, that we can speak up and speak the truth. Um, 
Why has God appointed governments? Well, this passage tells us for two reasons. Um, God has appointed governments for our good, but he's also appointed governments to curtail evil or wrong. If you go down to verse 4. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. That's why God has them there. They are there for the benefit of the wider community. But if you do wrong, then we should be afraid. For rulers do not bear the sword in, uh, for no reason. They're also God's servants and they are agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoers. God has delegated his authority to those government officials to be able to punish wrongdoers in whatever form it takes. Therefore, Paul says, verse 5, it's necessary for us to submit to governments, not only one out of fear of punishment, do the wrong thing, you'll get punished, but also as a matter of conscience. We know it's the right thing to do. We know this is what God wants us to do, that we are to be submissive. They are the two reasons also why we should submit ourselves to ungodly rulers. We should do the right thing, trusting that God is a God at work. Um, can we ever withhold paying our taxes to protest against what government priorities are or government abuses or whatever else? There are certainly some people who do so, but this passage says, no, don't withhold paying your taxes. Pay your taxes. What if you don't like how the government's using it? Pray. Say so. But be submissive and obedient. Pay your taxes. Um, that's certainly what the Lord Jesus taught when he was asked the question by the Jewish people trying to trick him. Um, Shall we pay our taxes to Rome or not? Bring me a coin. Whose face is on that? Caesar. Jesus says, render to Caesar what is Caesar's. Even with an oppressive regime over the people of Israel, Jesus is saying, submit to the government. Submit to those who are in authority over you. Pay your taxes. And render to God what is God's. That's what Paul says here, 13 verse 6. Can we disrespect our leaders? No. What if they are horrible people? Doesn't matter. You should respect the position. You should honour them. They're in that position because God has either placed them there or God has allowed them to be there. You are to honour the position. Honour the king, as Peter would say. Um, Jeffrey, can you find that Peter passage for me? Let me just read a couple of different passages of Scripture and that'll tie it all together for us, I hope. Uh, this is 1 Peter chapter 2. Peter says the same thing Paul is saying. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who were sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For two reasons. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the talk, ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people. Don't use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show respect for everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honour the emperor. It's pretty clear, isn't it? Of God's direction for us and what we are to do. Um, so no, we can't disrespect our leaders. Can you assassinate a leader? No. Christians have wrestled with these issues all of the time and it could very well be an occasion where sometimes we'll be tempted to get rid of a leader like Bonhoeffer with Hitler and undoubtedly other Christians throughout history. The American Revolution, where the American Christians rebelled against the King of England 
It's disobedient to this passage. So even the United States of America is founded upon disobedience. And yet God has been pleased to bless and use that nation. We should pray for the nation of America, particularly with the candidates they've got offering for presidency right now. It's not important whether you're as a follower of the Lord Jesus, if you're old enough, whether you're a member of the Liberal National Party, or whether you're a Labor Party member, or whether you're an Independent, or a Green, or whatever else, because above all of that, you are a kingdom person. You are members of the kingdom of God. And so because of that, we submit ourselves to God's agenda, and he commands us, submit to the government, submit to those who are in authority over you. March 19th, September, whatever date it's going to be for the national election, when we walk out of our voting booths and we should vote according to our conscience and our best determinations, when we walk out of the voting booths, we should walk out as committed to the kingdom of God, that God is working his purposes out and we're going to cooperate with him, whether it's liberal, whether it's labour, whether it's whatever that's in charge. God rules. God overrules. God is the one who places people in these positions of influence. The Bible's full of that. Government is certainly legitimate, but as I think I've indicated, government is also limited. There is an exception. When government instructs us or requires us to do something which is contrary to the revealed will of God, then our choice is to obey God and to disobey those in authority but to do so respectfully, not defiantly. To do so trying to persuade them that we follow the King of Kings and that they will be giving account to him. Nearly finished. The mission of the church is not to change society. Though that's often a byproduct when we focus upon our mission, which is to proclaim the gospel to see lives changed by bringing people to faith in Jesus. This is a temporary world where this government rules and this temporary world will one day perish. We are to aim at the eternal values of things and not to be distracted by political issues. By all means, we can research and have opinions, but our mission is the gospel of Jesus, transforming people into passionate followers of him. God uses governments for different purposes. For the good of the people, punish evildoers. Our goal, preach the gospel. Just like what Peter says, that we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, um, a nation under him, kings who rule under Jesus, and that he has brought us out of darkness into his marvellous light for one reason, to proclaim him what it's about as we submit to the government that in fact is what we are doing let me read you a couple of more scriptures and then summarize it with four points in titus chapter 3 the apostle paul says this to believers remind the people to be subject to the rulers and authorities to be obedient to be ready to do whatever is good to slander no one to be peaceable and considerate and always to be gentle towards everyone. Submit to the government, pay your taxes, be respectful. Or over to uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, 
besides submitting to the government and besides paying our taxes and besides um, being respectful, there is something else. The Apostle Paul doesn't tell us in Romans, but he does in Timothy. We can also do this, and we are commanded to do this. I owe you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and for those in authority. Why? That we may lead, uh, live peaceful, peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Saviour, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Notice the connection. God's people pray for those in authority over them so that we can lead peaceful, quiet lives propagating the gospel under the radar of not being disobedient, not drawing the attention of the authorities to us, but leaving quiet, peaceful lives, being light in the midst of the darkness, in order that people might come to faith in Jesus. This is exactly what Jeremiah says in Jeremiah chapter 29. I'll finish with this. No, I won't. There'll be one more after it. In Jeremiah 29 verse 7, this is a letter. You read the whole chapter. But this letter that the Jeremiah the prophet wrote to the people, Jewish people, who had been captured, taken by the king of Babylon to the city of Babylon. So now they have been invaded. They've been arrested. They have now been exiled, transported. They are under an oppressive regime. The letter from God through the prophet says this. Live in the city, get married, buy a house, grow gardens. Verse 7. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city, Babylon, to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. What does God want for his people living in this world while we are citizens of another world? He wants us to pray for the prosperity of this city. Pray for peace in Brisbane. Pray for prosperity in Brisbane, where we live, in order that we might prosper so that the gospel might prosper. That's the point in God's sovereignty. The last thing, the last scripture I want to give you is in Matthew chapter 10, the Lord Jesus says that I send you out like sheep in the midst of wolves. It's going to be difficult. We live in a fallen world. Jesus says, be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. Same teaching, same idea. We are to be wise as serpents. We are to be shrewd, cautious. Snakes are stealthy they're calculating they're not aggressive unless they're forced to do so i guess be wise in how we live and to be harmless harmless as doves um, to be pure to be in a gentle that's the instruction yes we'll get arrested yes we'll be mistreated the lord jesus says but that's god's will for us what does god want for us every person without exception particularly followers of the Lord Jesus. As you are being transformed into his image, submit to those who are in authority over you, especially to the governing authorities. God is the ultimate authority and his, our submission to him is to be absolute. The authorities that God has delegated to the governments and others is likewise to be demonstrated in our life, but it's not absolute. There could be times of exception. God is the one who has established these authorities for our good and for the restraint and the punishment of evil. If we resist the government, 
without due cause, then we are in fact resisting God and we will bear the consequences, the judgment or the punishment for it. As you submit to these authorities, pay your taxes, pay your fees, your fines, pay customs, whatever it is. Respect and honour those over you. This is God's will. Pray for them. Pray for peace in the city. And pray for our brothers and sisters in other nations who struggle because they live in a, under a regime which is very difficult, but they have to do exactly the same thing we do, but it's easier for us. It's difficult for them. So pray for them that God would enable them to be obedient to his sovereign will. I'm going to pray, and then I think the band is going to come, and we're going to sing. Father, thank you again for the clarity of your word. It's pretty clear, Lord, you want us to submit to those in authority over us. You've instructed us. So now, Lord, examine us. Convict us of any areas where we have been resistant, been disobedient, been defiant. Help us to acknowledge it, confess it, and forsake. Transform us into being a submissive people, good citizens, light in the midst of darkness, being followers of the Lord Jesus and um, focusing upon him as our main priority. Lord, grant this for Jesus' sake and for the growth of his kingdom. We pray in his name. Amen. Thank you, Daryl, for that. Um, please stand as we sing our final song for this evening. Oh, God. Thank you.